have got a blockbuster hardware announcement this week from Microsoft. The biggest hardware risk the company has taken since Xbox. That's me talking. Surface Neo, it's got two screens with a hinge in between. That's coming next year. And there's more. Surface Pro X, arguably the first ARM-based computer to run full Windows 10. So, has Microsoft changed the game here? Or are these cool gadgets that won't really sell? Welcome to Fort Knox, Rich Ideas and Powerful People. I am John Fort from CNBC here at the NASDAQ market site overlooking Times Square. And with me this week, here in New York, one of my favorite guys to talk hardware, Pat Moorhead of More Insights and Strategies. Pat, how are good you? Good to John? have you. Yeah, welcome good. to the Big Apple. Good to be here. You know, typically I'm doing this uh, over Skype or something, and being in per person is a lot more fun. Yeah, absolutely. So um, let's talk about these uh, announcements, then get into a little bit more on consumer electronics. Sure. But first of all, the Neo. This has been talked about for years and years. It was this, you know, this deep Microsoft project, codenamed Courier for a long time, That's two right. screens. People were saying, wow, what if Microsoft actually came out with this? Now they have. How big is it? So I think dual displays are absolutely the future of technology. The only question is when, because there's a ton of work to be done here. Mm. Uh, if you think of having two displays, you can't just use it like a traditional uh, smartphone or even a traditional PC. You have to think about, I open up mail over here and I click on it and it opens up over here. You actually have to program it through APIs to make it do that. Maybe you want to flick it in the center and have the full screen. Mm -hmm. Maybe instead of having uh, just touch, you put a magnetic keyboard on. Now what happens? So uh, there's a lot of software work to be done, but I do think this is a big deal because what I didn't see is let's throw something up against the wall and hopefully somebody attaches to it. I, I, like you said, years of thought and research, I believe, have gone into this. They, they also haven't done a flexible screen, unlike the Galaxy <laughs> Fold, which, okay, you don't have it in front of you. You got so many gadgets on you, <laughs> I don't even know what you, but you, we were in the car on the way over here, you had the Galaxy Fold, we were That's talking right. about that. There's questions about durability there. They shouldn't have the same questions on this as there have been on the Fold, but at the same time, You've got that gap in between. So if you right. want to watch a movie on a bigger screen, do you want a gap, a slice down the middle? Maybe not. Yeah, so I think for some users it will be an issue, but Microsoft did position this as a productivity device, yeah. which takes most of that off the table. And not that people in business don't like to do consumer things like watch movies, but it's, it's optimized for that. The other thing uh, by not using uh, the plastic screens is they're trying to make this for everybody. Uh, the current fold that I have is $2,000. Mm. I really enjoy it, uh, but it's $2,000. How much do you think they can push the price down on this the way they've done it? Because instead of yeah. being one big flexible screen, right. expensive new process, yeah. it's two smaller non-flexible screens with a hinge right. in the middle. It should be ch cheaper to make, right? I think Microsoft has to price this like a leading phone from Apple let's say the iPhone 11 Pro Max, mm -hmm. okay? I'm, I'm thinking about $1,100. Wow. Because I think at the premium space, you have people who are in slumbering, right? We used to talk about, oh, people moving from iOS to Android, Android to iOS. People are very comfortable uh, where they are right now, and they need, they need something big 
to blow them out of their complacency. But Pat, there's no way they're going to price this out of the gate yeah. at 1099, right? Because because the Surface Pro X, which we'll talk about in a moment, that one's right. 999 this right. year, and they've teased this big new hinged wonder. They can't come out next year and just charge 100 bucks more for it, can they? Right. Actually, actually, let me step back. I was confusing this with this with Duo. Okay. okay? So I do think that Neo will be priced up. Uh, to be more like a premium uh, Surface Pro, right? right? There okay. will be a premium price uh, on that. So closer to that two thousand dollar. I think you might see fifteen ninety nine, sixteen ninety nine, but yeah. it's going to be a it's going to be a step above either the new Pro X or the Pro Seven. And then you mentioned the Duo, which we haven't even talked about. Microsoft coming right. out in effect. They, they can call it a device if they want, but it's an Android phone. Right? Yes. That they're coming out with that also has two screens. That's right. Also doesn't come out till next year. Also, of course, because it's so far out, they haven't announced pricing. But this is a big deal, A, because it's dual screens, which are hot this year, but there's questions about the way right. companies are doing it. But it's also a big deal because it's Microsoft coming out with an Android phone. That's right. They went with Google. They got together with Google and said, <laughs> let's work together. I saw the Play Store icon on this thing, so it's not some Microsoft flavor of Android, I think it's Google right. Android, this would not have happened pre-Satya Nadella. It wasn't, and you know, Satya really kicked off a lot of the, I can't believe Microsoft would do this. <laughs> uh, Microsoft is uh, one of the biggest, if not the biggest uh, Linux contributors. Um, they are actually, they told me that they're making improvements to Android that they're gonna send up the open source curve. So everything they're doing to make Duo work better with two screens, they're gonna make available to, to everybody. And uh, I think you've even covered this uh, on CNBC, most of Azure workloads are not Windows. They're actually Linux workloads. Mm. So uh, not to beat a dead horse, but Microsoft is an open source company now. And they are still self-interested though, because that Duo work that they're doing, that they say they're gonna send up the chain, yes. uh, is also gonna benefit them uh, with the Neo, because their, their strategy is APIs for, for dual screens. If they can get developers working on that on one device, then they're more likely to be able to translate right. their work to another device, right? Yeah, it's interesting. I, I did press them on this when I talked to some of the executives on, hey, why don't you just skin Android and make it look like Windows? And they're like, don't want to go there. We think people are comfortable with Android devices. Kind of doing, going down that same path uh, that, I, that I think you're saying. What I, what I can imagine, though, is on the Microsoft apps and the APIs that make it do special things, they have to have some consistency there. Right, well, what Yusuf Mehdi was telling me today, uh, right after we got done with our CNBC interview, we could get a little bit more geeky, was right. that, yeah, we're, we're gonna take some APIs for dual screens that, that are working on the Duo, developers will be able to use those to develop on the Neo 2. We got this full push on right. dual screens over the next year. That's why we yeah, announced it early. That's I mean, right. announcing early, my goodness. Like, that's one of the cardinal rules of hardware. <laughs> you don't do that because it freezes people who might have bought your thing this year if you tell them what you're gonna come out with next year. Do you think this is different enough? The Neo, not so much the Duo, because they don't have a phone already, but the Neo is different enough that people who are gonna buy a Surface Pro X are still gonna do it this year? I don't think it's gonna halt too many sales because this looks so futuristic. There's no price. Mm -hmm. And when you think about a date into 20, end of 2020, I, I just think people are gonna put this out of the realm of possibility. It's not gonna hurt sales. 
Uh, Microsoft had to do this, and, and Apple, if, if you've been to a bunch of WWDCs, where Apple has to bring something out to, to fire up the ecosystem. And this is exactly what Microsoft is doing because they have to get even Outlook. I mean, it's going to be hard enough for Microsoft to roll their own apps to work here. E even the notion of having Outlook on the left, clicking on a link, and having the browser open up on the right, how does it know? It, it has to be programmed so it doesn't open it up on the left. And, and when you move it and you put the keyboard on, yeah, to, to that point about APIs, you're, you're absolutely, absolutely right. So let's move on, talk about another announcement, and that is the Surface Pro <laughs> X. Right. Um, comparable in a way to the iPad Pro, but what they've got here is a computer that now is ARM-based, not Intel-based, which is, for, for many, a holy grail. Qualcomm finally got itself <laughs> into a full-fledged computer. Right? They say this thing will run full Windows 10. Well, they even went a step further and they said this is twice, maybe three times, three times the performance than, than the, the Surface Pro, Pro 6, 6 yes. which, listen, I, I want to see the numbers, okay? <laughs> I do know that Qualcomm and Microsoft built a PC-grade chip. And, uh, you know, we're not going to get nerdy on this show, but looking at the architecture. Can. Okay, this we can. This is like the cable of cable, right? This is good, okay. We're streaming. Yeah. So get nerdy on me. Big... Uh, Big core processors that work in PCs have big cache and also big frequency. And uh, what I had somebody tell me there was this operates at three gigahertz. There is no ARM three gigahertz processor that I've ever heard of. So and, is this like overclocking? Well, it's overclocking, but they also made the caches bigger. Uh -huh. They made the CPU bigger and the GPU bigger. So this is the first time that might, well, uh, Qualcomm has been working on this on their third generation. Uh, it's called the 8CX is the new version. This will ride in parallel with it. But what, what I think Microsoft did though is they bumped up the clocks and did some special work on AI side to make it even bigger. So I really want to see the, the 3X performance because that would be an Intel Core i5 or even a, a, a Core i7 that, yeah. that, that, that they're saying it would outperform. So battery life longer when you've got this kind of arm trip normally, but I, I don't know, if they're, if they're overclocking it to that degree, how much are you gonna lose on the power efficiency well, side? Well, so it's interesting. Uh, a lot of Qualcomm's, they call them, they're always connected PCs. Uh, HP had some, Dell, uh, sorry, HP and Lenovo and, and Asus, and even Samsung. I was getting, personally, I was getting 24 hours of use. Not 24 hour. All nighters to? To do that, well, or were you adding working two days, day? yeah, okay, okay. <laughs> two 12-hour days, and I put it past you. right, and uh, hey, hashtag analyst life. <laughs> so, um, what I think is they bumped up the power. They talked about it being at seven watts versus two, and they also likely made the chip bigger, which is also going to suck some power. And it's the thinnest Surface Pro they've ever done. Mm. So, net net, I think they they chose thin and performance over this ridiculously awesome battery life than a lot of these other Qualcomm-based uh, devices can provide. So it went pretty deep into the wonky waters there. Yeah. But the bottom <laughs> line question is, right. is this the beginning of many more ARM-based Windows 10 PCs? Is this something that Qualcomm can now take? I mean, I don't know if anybody else is gonna be able to take this right. kind of proprietary AI chip technology that Microsoft's got. Is Samsung, Lenovo, Dell, 
HP going to be able to jump in here and say, okay, we're going to have an ARM-based Qualcomm Snapdragon PC2, stick it, you know, Intel and AMD. Is that going to happen? I believe that this is going to be the beginning of where the volume starts, okay? All the vendors except for Dell, all the big ones, did jump into the Qualcomm waters, but they were lower performance. They were very similar to the chips you would get in your phone. This new chip is a PC-class chip, and I don't think you're going to have anybody complaining about the performance unless you're doing some hardcore gaming. Uh, you know, I, I, you notice the Adobe uh, example they were doing on it. Adobe is the big guns right? that you always bring out <laughs> when you, when you want to claim that this is a real PC system, right? Because right. everybody knows if you're running Premiere or yeah. Photoshop or any of these graphically yeah. intensive things, it's got to be a real yeah. machine. But to back, back to your question, though, is if Microsoft can move tonnage, and see, this isn't a sidelight now. This is the new Surface Pro design. This is Surface Pro X. Sure, Surface Pro 7 is still there, but the X is the new design, and they will promote it, and they will push this, and if it does sell, I think you are gonna see a lot more volume driven and new designs uh, from the larger manufacturers. Before we get off Microsoft, we're not even gonna touch the Surface laptop. We've seen, it's a laptop, okay, we've seen that before. <laughs> the, the earbuds, they've got some right. Surface, earbuds now, clearly comparable, at least from their marketing, to the AirPods. Except instead of a little stick out of your ear, a little white stick, it's a little white circle in your ear. It <laughs> looks to me like a version of, what do you call those gauge things, those, those not quite earrings that the hipsters put in their ear and make their ear look right. really huge, except you don't have to do that to wear these, you can just kind of stick it in your ear. Is this weirder looking than we thought the <laughs> AirPods were at first, even though now they're mainstream and everybody seems to think they're okay. I mean, everybody made fun of AirPods when they came out. The pirate memes were all around. My kids even made fun of them, and now they're the best-selling wireless headphones that are out there today. So, yeah, I think they look funny uh, right now, but if the disc does provide the, the right functionality, and the disc is all about touch, mm -hmm. right? You can go different motions, you can... Uh, gosh, there was even a transcription on PowerPoint uh, where not only did it do text-to-speech, but it also will turn it into a different language. Yeah, transcription I... on PowerPoint. That, no, no. They were trying to get people too excited. They... No, no, I know, I know. You heard the claps, though, in the audience. Yeah. So uh, I think if they can show incremental value through the gestures, then I think they have something. I got a chance to listen to them. And listen, I'm not an audiophile. I'm more a videophile. But they sounded great. They really did. Yeah. And now we have Amazon, we have Microsoft, we have Apple. Uh, is Facebook going to launch next week? Uh, I don't know. Who knows? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, to me, a circle in your ear isn't as weird as a stick coming out of your ear. Like, it shouldn't be, but I'm so used to seeing the AirPods now. Right. I've stopped making fun of people in my head. Now, when I see a disc right. in people's ears, you know. I think what I want to do is just put a big stop sign on it, which says, <laughs> okay, when you see this thing in my ear, please don't come and try to have a conversation with me because I'm, I'm on the phone. That's what's fun about this, too. I don't know <laughs> if it kills the kind of function of it if you put a sticker on there, but that's a really fun place <laughs> to put a sticker. I can see the kids doing that, you know, have the little characters on the... You can see that, can't you? I can. We'll see. It might really mess up the touch functionality, that's but then I again... Wonder. But a nice CNBC. I don't know. Good. Fortnite, covers so. on a phone. Yeah. Work. It still works. Business idea. Nobody steal that out there, please. Nobody steal it. You can steal it. All right, Pat, it's time for digits. A few numbers that caught my eye this week. Siri, what is up first?
45%. That is the hardware gaming market share that the Nintendo Switch is projected to control in 2019. That is ahead of the PlayStation 4 and Xbox One. The Switch has just gone gangbusters, Pat, and this is a gaming industry projection. A couple of years ago, everybody seemed to think that the future of console gaming was going to be VR That's and right. AR, or it was going to be motion control things, kind of like the Wii, you know. They had a swinging sabers and right. putting things on, and it turns out, no, it's just a console, but that you can carry around. Right, right. I mean, how many times have we seen in our combined experiences something gets gets super hot and then it gets super not, mm -hmm. right? And I think a TV, exactly, drones, ebooks, right, right. Yeah. Um, and I think this is yet another case of you know there's some immutable laws of consumer products. And you know, one is that, that you can't fundamentally change uh, a use case. It has to relate to something that you do. Uh, it can't be too complicated. And if you lose one of these parts, it, it, it has, still has to work. Mm. And the problem with all of this is uh, VR was great, but you were alone in a room. And VR was not fun to do with somebody sitting next to you. It, it just wasn't. Yeah. Um, and the whole notion of moving around uh, the lightsabers and, and things like that, ironically, that's one of the best-selling Android uh, headsets uh, from Lenovo, a uh, Star Wars theme, but it's still just a nit compared to what uh, the Switch is driving today. So I think it will be here. I just think we're probably five to ten years away from it being completely mainstream. I mean, even the content needs to be different for VR and AR. Yeah. I mean, Facebook's still pushing on it. They've got Oculus, but it seems to have a long way to go. All right, let's get some more of those digits. Siri, what's the next one? $99. $99. That is the cost of Amazon's newly refreshed, well, actually newly released stick-up cam. They didn't have one before. It's 30% cheaper uh, than what they had before. Now they got a doorbell. They got these stick-up cams. They've got outdoor cams. Lots <laughs> of cams. Now, I'm going to admit, I've got cams. Not right. the rings. I went Logitech, but they are pointing at my front door. They're pointing outside my house. I feel secure. But there's controversy here. It's that old privacy versus security thing. I feel secure, but maybe the people walking up to my house or walking past my house feel like their privacy is being violated. Is this a good thing or is it a bad thing? So I just installed four ring cameras <laughs> in my daughter's house at college with all her yeah, roommates. <laughs> and they feel super secure, right? but it also takes pictures of people walking on public property. And it takes pictures of the neighbor's house. Not intentionally, but I'm trying to get that back alley and it hits, hits the home. So I'm not surprised. And any good technologies that, that have some good have a small percent of being used for bad. And I think ultimately what happens is if it's bad enough, it, it gets regulated. So for instance, uh, what is the intent? Is the intent to... Uh, scan the neighbors and calculate how many times your neighbor has walked by the street. How about this? Your daughter's boyfriend has 
driven past the house 37 times. But how do you regulate in, in that? In the Buick. Like, I could, I could stand at my front door and look across the street, right. and I'm not going to see anything different than the camera would see. Like, you can't say I can't stand there and look. That's right. Right? And if I stood there with a video camera, creepy, Right. but it seems like it's totally legal. Is there an amount well, of time that I could stand there with a yeah. camera, and then a cop would show up and say, hey, you can't do that on my own property? It seems like not. So how Highly do you unlikely. Uh, the issue becomes when the police get involved. Mm. And... And as we were talking in, in the car over here, uh, Ring you know, is connecting their networks mm -hmm. in the neighborhood, and you can press a button to more easily send to the police of somebody who is breaking in your house. Yeah. And, and I think for 99% of people, that's, that's a good thing. I, you know, I like it when it's my ability to send the <laughs> video to the right. cops, because we had somebody who was going around the cul-de-sac, opening up car doors, taking things out right. of people's car. People weren't locking their cars, but it's a whole different issue, right? And so I felt good that there's a camera and you can, I could turn the yeah. footage over to police, they could catch somebody. Now somebody else being able to do that, well, I don't know, right. but I know I'm responsible. Like a professional company. Let's yeah. say my neighbor has it and it's 1 a.m. and I heard something outside and I, I start walking on my lot line, but my neighbor's camera picks me up, mm -hmm. right? I'm the creepy guy, 50-year-old guy who got caught on the camera, and they send it to the police, and the police knock on my door because they can make maybe some sort of a facial match. Why are you creeping around? This like, didn't happen now. No. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're getting so deep into the example, yeah. I just needed to specify. Oh, by the way, I think, you can imagine. I think you can tell based on how many cameras I've probably bought, <laughs> 25 ring cameras, kind of where I sit, but right. I'm just trying to speak for others yes. right now who, who might have this issue as well. And I think the biggest issue for the private advocates is it being used by law enforcement for profiling. Right. Right? Yes. Uh, this came up Which with, uh, with Amazon. Yeah. Yes. Th this came up with Amazon. And I, I think without that connection, it's not an issue. All right. We're going to close out with Hard Knocks, our tough take in tech for the week. And this time... Focusing on GoPro, remember them? They announced two cameras this week, the GoPro Max, the Hero Max, and the Hero 8 Black. Um, this company was riding high a few years ago because everybody was going to be taping their action sports. And then, phew. Well, smartphones got really good. I mean, 4K, stutterproof, waterproof, or waterproof with a case. It's certainly not as convenient as strapping a GoPro, GoPro uh to, to your helmet when you're skiing. That'd be a nice brand extension, though. Go Fro. <laughs> like a 5K Afro? Yeah. They might have something there. I'll tell you what, I'll let you jump all over that, John. Sometimes I want hair. I don't yeah. know. That could but, yeah. but yeah, I mean, it, it's a tough break for them. They tried to expand. They tried to do drones for a bit. They tried to say that they were a media company. None of that worked. They tried to say, hey, we can do things with a camera that a smartphone can't do hey, the iPhone camera is really good now, and That's most right. of us don't jump out of planes every week. So do we really need a GoPro? Yeah. I don't know. Um, so the market, market's tiny, and I don't see a lot of people who are gonna jump on this, and it's people who are buying new cameras. I feel like they exited drones way too early. This is what they needed to do. Uh, they could have done a home automation play where the camera is so good on, on your front porch that it, it knows exactly what's going on based on some machine learning algorithm that the, they're really, really good at. I, I see them as, as a future of being taken over or just going private. Yeah. Well, Sony has always been the one that I thought could do it, but they've got their own action camera. Maybe they're, I, I don't know. 
Pat, always great to have you. Good to see you too. Pat Moorhead, more insights and strategies. Nobody dives deeper on hardware. <laughs> he actually tries the stuff himself, which I love. All right, that'll do it for Fort Knox this week. We will see you next week. I'm John Fort from CNBC, and this has been Fort Knox, rich ideas and powerful people. Subscribe wherever fine podcasts are distributed. Check out the reviews on iTunes. Leave me a note. Also, subscribe to the Fort Knox series on LinkedIn. That's brand new and a great way to keep up with the trends I'm seeing both on this Fort Knox show and in my other work on CNBC. That's also the absolute best way to be in touch with me. Leave a comment on the series. Also, subscribe to the Fort Knox channel on YouTube, F-O-R-T-T-K-N-O-X.com slash YouTube. Matter of fact, you can go to YouTube now and see video of these conversations. Or you can go to the CNBC apps on Apple TV or Amazon Fire TV and find Fort Knox in the featured area. Meanwhile, share this, tell a friend, drop me a note on LinkedIn, Facebook, Twitter, YouTube, or FortKnox.com. And as always, thank you for lending an ear.